Whichever way he does it is good. To those who are here on Friday, we have seen what the Lord has started to do in our lives. His touch. His touch. Oh, there is nothing better than that. To be touched by the Lord Jesus Christ. And on Friday we saw how he healed us. How he restored us. How he corrected us. How he has forgiven us. How he has delivered us. And we are going to have the same experience today. If you are waiting for it, say Amen. Today I'm going to help us to understand something before we enter deep into into prayer. I entitled my sermon today The Strong and the Stronger. The Strong and the Stronger. The Mighty and the Mightier. Oder die mächtiger uh -huh. uh, No, um, uh, so a comparative. Okay. Something is strong, something is stronger. Okay. Something is mighty, is the other one is mighty. Do we get the, yeah, the strong and the stronger? Our key verse is taken from Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. I'm going to go langsam, langsam. But in between, be open for anything the Lord will do. Amen. And then let somebody prepare the main scripture for us, which is in Lucas chapter 11, verse 14 to 23. Can we please be on our feet as we honor the world? Colossians 2.15 Colossians 2.15 Which uh, um, uh, version is this? It doesn't matter. I, I like it. <laughs> so, who is happiness to read? Someone to read the German for rest. Und da er die mächtige Weise entwackelt, stellte er sie kühnig zur Schau, indem er sie und Triumphe aufführte in sich. Oh, Halleluja. And having disarmed principalities and powers, he made them a public spectacle by triumphing over them on the cross. Uh, today we are going to use military terms. Because that is um, um, where we can understand issue of power. Having disarmed powers and principalities. He made a public spectacle of them by triumphing over them on the cross. That is our key verse. Our main scripture is taken from Luke chapter 11, verse 14 to 13. To, th to 23. Yes, <laughs> Und er trieb einen Dämon aus, der stumm war. Es geschah aber, dass der Dämon ausgefahren war. Er redete, da redete der Stumme. Und die Volksmenge wunderte sich. Einige aber von ihnen sagten, durch Belzebul, den Obersten der Dämon, trieb er die Dämonen aus. Andere aber versuchten ihn und forderten von ihm ein Zeichen aus dem Himmel. Da er aber ihre Gedanken wusste, sprach er zu ihnen. Jedes Reich, das mit sich selbst entzweit ist, wird verwüstet. Und das Haus gegen Haus entzweit, stürzt ein. Wenn, wenn aber auch der Satan mit sich selbst entzweit ist, 
wird dann sein Reich bestehen, denn ihr sagt, dass sich der Belzebul die Dämonen austreibe. Wenn ich aber durch Belzebul die Dämonen austreibe, durch wen treiben eure Söhne sie aus? Darum werden sie eure Richter sein. Wenn ich aber durch den Finger Gottes die Dämonen austreibe, so ist also das Reich Gottes zu euch gekommen. Wenn der Starke bewaffnet sein Brot bewacht, so ist als seine Habe in Frieden. Wenn aber ein Stärkerer als er über ihn kommt und ihn besiegt, so nimmt er seine ganze Waffenrüstung weg, und er, und die er, auf die er vertraut, und seine Beute verteilt er. Wer nicht mit mir ist, ist gegen mich, und wer nicht mit mir sammelt, zerstreut. And he was casting out a devil, and it was dumb. And it came to pass, when the devil was gone out, the dumb person spoke, and the people wondered. But some of them said he cast out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. And others, tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against itself will fall. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebul. And if by Beelzebul I cast out devils, by whom do sons your sons cast out? Therefore shall they be your judges. Now, but if with the finger of God I cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is come upon you. Now, this is our passage. When a strong man armed keep his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he takes from him all his armor, wherein his trust and he divides his spoils. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathers not with me scatters. Jesus, the great teacher, here we are again vis-a-vis -vis your word. With our ears open, our hearts open to listen to you. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May you be seated. Here we see our Lord Jesus Christ again doing exactly what he loves doing best. The reason why he has come is to deliver his people is to restore people back to God. Is to save them from their sins. And talking of the sins, it also has to do with the consequences of sin. So when he came, all that he was doing was to deliver people. To heal people. To save people. To restore people to their communities. To bring bad families together. Even before he started doing all this, he makes clear his agenda. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18 to 19, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That is why he has anointed me. Now understand. The word Christ means the anointed one. And to understand the anointing, we can practically understand it in the things that the anointing does. 
He said, that is why he has anointed me to set the captives free, to liberate people who are in bondages, to open the eyes of the blind, to proclaim to people the year of acceptance, to let them know that you are accepted by God. That there is no longer enmity between God and you. That through Him, Jesus, there is peace between God and humanity. Because God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the entire world unto Himself. Making peace between him, God, and humanity. That was his agenda. That people will understand this. And accept this good news. And turn to God. And practically, he was healing people. In the situation that we see here, there was a young man who was he couldn't speak. He couldn't hear. And fortunately, he came into contact with Jesus. Oh, the other time on Friday we discover what happens when we come into contact with Jesus. Every impurity in us is washed away and we are contaminated by his holiness. We are contaminated by his glory. Oh, contaminate, is that the word? Genau. His holiness contaminates us. His purity contaminates us. And the unholiness runs away. It's just like when there is darkness in here. And we switch on the light. What do we see? The darkness disappears. We don't know where it goes. We can only see him when the light is off. So it's the situation with whomever comes into contact with Jesus. So Jesus was not indifferent to the situation of this young man. And then he realized that there was a demon at work here. There was a demon at play. Today we can use every scientific wisdom to explain the situation. But whatever the situation was, the guy was dumb. And science could not help him. But when Jesus met him, Jesus said, you demon of dumbness, get out of him. And as that voice came out, I am talking to you about a person whose command no one can resist. You might have forgotten. It is the same voice that he used to tell the sea, you see, come down. And the sea came down. The, the, the sea, chill. See, see, chill, chill out. And the sea began to chill. He told the, the wind, chill, chill, come down. And the wind came down. And the people were like, what kind of a person is this? I mean, when Shanda is agitated, I can say, come on, lady, chill down. But you cannot say that to a sea. Oh, God, he can say it. Because he is the creator of all that we see. Through him all things were created. It is through him. And through him nothing was created. And all his creation. 
him, obey him. And the same voice he used on the gentleman, he said, You evil one, get out. And the devil went out. He healed the person. His life changed. This guy who could not speak. He did not need any longer to go to a logopedi, we said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To go and learn how to talk. He didn't need that. Because the greatest of the greatest of the logopedies or whatever it is has come into contact with him. Praise the Lord. And the guy began to use all the wonderful vocabularies he had built of using but he never used before. He was healed. His life was restored. But something strange happened. Some people who saw that, who are religiously inclined, who knows God more than everybody, that is what they think. They look at him. They say, no, this thing he did, he did it by the power of the Teufel. He used Satan's power. Where will the Spirit of God leave us and go and work with him? We are the high priests. Uh, we, are, we are the preachers. We are the pastors. And this guy, Oh, I remember when Jesus healed the blind guy. And people began to make investigations. And the high priests and the, 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 the preachers, they came to the blind man and they said, they were asking the blind guy, do you really believe that that guy is a, a man of God? Uh, we know that he is a sinner. And the guy say, either he is a man of God or no man of God, I don't know. What I know is I was blind. <laughs> but now I can see. That I know and he healed me. It is your theology which tells me that God does not answer the prayer of the sinner. So if I work on your theology, I will not contradict it. If he were a sinner, he could not heal me. He healed me because God is with him. Praise the Lord. It is not surprising that in the face of life-changing situations, human beings will still have unconvincing hearts. It has always been like that. These guys, because they were religious, this is what they began to say. If he is truly a man of God, then let him give us a sign from heaven. They want magic. That is what we love. The real sign of God and the greatest is for a sinner to be delivered. For someone in bondage to be released. For someone's life to turn upside down. That person that everybody knows to be a bad guy has repented from doing what is evil and he's now doing what is good because he has been transformed. That is the greatest miracle that God offers to humanity. Any other things that we want to see to believe that it is God I tell you the devil can do that also. Oh come on, the Bible tells us that in the last days, the devil will do miracles and signs and wonders and display things that even if it were possible, the elect will be deceived. 
by these things. Die Bibel sagt uns, dass der Teufel in den letzten Tagen ganz viele Wunder vollbringen wird, dass selbst die Auserwählten von Gott Can, can you stand here and call fire from heaven and fire will come? He can do But do you know what he can never do? He can never change the life of a bad person to become a good person. And no man can do that except Jesus. And that is what we have seen in the story of this gentle man. Oh, hallelujah. And Jesus told them evil cannot Cast out evil. Das Böse kann das Böse nicht, um, But I now go to my message. Aber ich gehe jetzt zu And here Jesus presented two princes or two authorities. Und hier Jesus zwei oder zwei He talks about two kingdoms or two palaces or two zwei, people. Um, in verse 21, Jesus says, Can you give it to us? Verse 21. Yeah. Verse 21. When a strong man that is armed is watching over his palace, the King James Version says his palace, then his goods. The strong man. And we understand that the strong man in question here is Satan. That is what Jesus explained in verse 15. And I want us to see some characteristics of this strong man. Verse 21, his character is called a strong man. That means he has some strength. He has some power. Do we agree? Otherwise, Jesus will not call him a strong man. He is the one that was taking possession of this gentleman. The dumb guy was under his influence, under his power. And it took a stronger man, Jesus, to come and liberate him. So Jesus put what has just happened into an anecdote. So Jesus identifies Satan as a strong man. And you know where his strength is? It's in his cunning and in his deceit. That is where his strength lies. How cunning he is. How deceitful he is. He can outwit you very fast. Two times today we heard about his campaign in the Garden of Eden. The wisdom of the snake. He came to the people. He spoke to Eve. Has the Lord really said that? Did he really put the grenze? No, you don't need this grenze. Push the grenze somewhere. And move on. That is his character. He lies to us about what we call freedom. He paints his palace with some kind of things that we will really not know the exact thing that is inside. He is able to enter into man's heart lie to us deceive us and come in here and take possession he comes as a good friend he comes as a, a best friend he comes as the angel of life He knows why he comes like Satan. Nobody will entertain him. 
All that he tried to present to us are things which apparently are beautiful. Who doesn't like freedom? And who wouldn't like it if it is like, oh, if I take this water, then I'll become as intelligent as, you know, I'll have the highest and the greatest IQ in the world. Who wouldn't drink it? That is what he told Adam and Eve. He told Eve. If you eat there, you will be as intelligent as God. You don't need God anymore. Why would you need God? You can be like God. That sounds good. Yes. The problem is, he knows exactly where the weakness of human beings are. And he attacks exactly that weakness. He is strong enough to overcome the righteous desires of young people. All of us, we have some righteous desires. Some moral ethics. Moral and ethics. Some good things that we know that if we respect these things as young people, we will have good life. We will not have a, 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 a broken heart. Our emotions and feelings will not be hurt. Our future will not cut short. We can make it and be successful in life. And we all know that all this thing depends on some kind of, of life that we need to live. But what does he do? He comes exactly and destroys them. So that even though we know that is the right thing to do, we are doing exactly the gegen time. The is that not what Paul, Paul told us in Romans chapter 7? I love what is good. I enjoy what is good. I want to do what is good. But I am never able to do it. Anytime I want to do what is good, I can't do it. But the very thing I don't want to do, that is what I end up doing all the time. Oh, I believe each and every one of us here can relate to this situation. And for old people, you know, all people old, you know, I talk about young people, for old people, he knows how to contaminate your godly desires. But understand, he is a strong man. But he's not the Almighty. He is not the Almighty. Because we have a God who puts on boundaries, even he, God has put down a boundary on him. Oh, if you really understood that you have said amen. amen. To tell you that the devil can exert his power over you, but his power is limited. His condition. The verse one is telling us something military. He says the strong man is armed. He has weapons. Now this is what the strong man is doing. He has a palace. And he is acting as the security guy of the palace. And he stands in front of the palace with his weapons that he can use to protect his palace. Very soon we are going to discover who is in the palace. And he has his ammunition, his weapons. Do you know that God has weapons? Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 13 give me that image. The picture. He says, therefore, Put on the whole armor of God. Deshalb, um, 
so that you will be able to withstand the enemy in the days of battle. And when you overcome him, you will be able to stand. For we wrestle not against flesh nor blood, but against principalities, against authorities, against wicked spirits, against powers of darkness. And we have been advised to put on the armors of God. So these are our armors. The helmet of salvation. The belt of truth. The sword of the spirit. The faith that is prepared with the boot to announce the gospel of salvation. The breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith and the weapon, these are the weapons of God and the devil also has exactly this number of uh, this same but opposite weapons when we put on the helmet of salvation he puts on the helmet of condemnation of damnation he is only there to condemn people he is only there to destroy people so that is his weapon we put on the belt of truth but he put on the belt of lies the belt of falsehood in John chapter 8 verse 44 Jesus described him well he said he is the father of all liars in him there is no truth you see Jesus said when he's, he lies then he is speaking his mother tongue <laughs> do you get the point when he lies then he is speaking his mother tongue just like when you speak German you are speaking your mother tongue or your first languages so it lies to the devil also when we put on the shield of faith he puts on the shield of doubt and unbelief the shield of unbelief we have the 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 gospel of the good news. For him is the gospel of enmity. When we talk about the sword of the spirit, he used the sword of the evil imaginations of evil hearts. So when you see him, he is fully armed. And with this things, he fights. He protects his palace. 23, his occupation. Which work does he do? He is there to keep his palace safe. His palace is the dagger of the unrenewed heart. The dagger. The pit. The pit. The hole. Of an unrenewed heart. A heart who has, who has not yielded himself to Christ to renew and to transform. 
einherrscht, was sich Gott noch nicht gewollt hat, so dass er es erneuern und transformieren kann. We were all in such situations. Wir waren alle in dieser Situation. But when we come to Jesus, Aber wenn wir zu Jesus kommen, we undergo this process that is called transformation. Dann gehen wir durch einen Prozess, der heißt Transformation. He renews our heart. Er erneuert unser Herz. He gives us a new heart. Er gibt uns ein neues Herz. A clean heart. Ein sauberes Herz. A pure heart. Ein reines Herz. And out of this heart comes everything good, everything wonderful, everything pure, because our heart has become the storehouse. Yeah. Where God put all his beautiful and wonderful things. But an unrenewed heart is that storehouse that palace where Satan put everything evil. Praise the Lord. The occupant no, the occupant, the person occupying the palace. The devil makes you think that you are a king. And that you are living in a palace. And he is the bodyguard. You know, who wouldn't like that? A situation where I'm like a king and I wake up every day, there are security guards in front of my house. That is what the devil makes the person in the house to believe. The glass of the house attempted with perversion. So that you will not really see things the way they are. You see, I love it that we were talking today about freedom. He makes us to believe that the true freedom is when we kick away every boundary that God has set for the goodness of our own living. So that everything that God has preordained. Today we say it is societal construction. So we have to kick it away. Now look at what Paul says. Paul says people like that. They have turned the truth of God into a lie. They pervert the truth of God. And they can argue it and defend it so that it sounds very reasonable and very logical. In Romans chapter 1, simply, Paul put it like this. I have two shoes. This is the right one and this is the left one. But we are now in a liberal world. That everything that you call normal now must be questioned. And the one that we applaud is the one that will say no. The right one, I'll put it on the left. Yes. The left one, I'll put it on. Yes. <laughs> this is how we want it today. <laughs> and if we do it like this, <laughs> that is where we have come today. We are living in the palace of Satan. In his deception. And we think we know. No better, even better than God. Oh. And then he has his goods there. When he takes you there, he takes control of everything that you possess. He takes control of your reason. Your understanding. Your memory. Your conscience. Your will. Your affection. He takes everything and he makes you a slave. The reason is your governor. 
Seine Begründung ist ja das, was As a man thinking, so wie der Mann, Mensch denkt, so, he is. so ist er. So the way you think, so wie du also denkst, that is what governs your life. Ist das, was dein Leben führt, Imagine that Satan has taken over your reason. So you can't even reason for yourself. But he dictates to you how you should reason. He takes over your understanding. Your understanding it is exactly the place where you record things. He controls what you should record. And he brought in everything evil and darkness. Your memory is your recorder. Anything good, he cleans it from your memory. Everything you memorize is anything evil. That is why we human beings are like that. You can do wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things to me. It can be thousands. But the day you do anything bad against me, all the good things, I wipe them away. And the only thing I will remember when someone speaks to me about Shanda is the evil that you have done against Is it true? I think it is true. He is controlling our record. That is why Paul told us in 1 Corinthians 13 that love takes no record of wrong. You see, God is love. Jesus is love. And when he is controlling our memory, he is cleaning away everything evil that is done against us. The only thing our memory will take is the wonderful things, the beauty, the amazing, the goodness in people and not the evil in the people. He takes control of everything. Even your own will, where you take decision. You can't take decision anymore. But you think you are free. No. Paul says, the good thing I want to do, I cannot do. Do you think the time of people, including us, who are under addiction, Either alcoholism, either drug addiction. Do you think the people do not know that that thing is destroying them? We know. But it is no longer in our power not to consume those things. We want not to. But anybody in such a situation will know that you don't have that power. When you buy alcohol, they write on it, uh, is it? No, no, let me say cigarette. Rauchen kann tödlich sein. Somebody that is going to buy drugs knows that this thing is destroyed. But because it's not in your power, somebody else has taken over the will. In that sense, we are victims of a strong man. Some lifestyles that we live, some things that we do, we know it is not good for us. But we cannot not do them. My goodness, if anyone takes your will from you and controls your will, the person destroys you. But the good news is this. In verse 22, I now talk to you about the strong man. Everything did not stop there. There is a stronger man. And that is Jesus Christ himself. He says he has come to destroy all 
the works all die Werke of the enemy. Des Do you get that? Everything that the strong man does, all das, was der starke Mann tut, this same stronger man has come to destroy him es ist ein stärkerer Mann gekommen, and to destroy Dinge his works. What a might, what a good news. And the thing about this Jesus is this. His power has no greater. His power has no limit. And nothing can resist him. He is the almighty. He is the all-powerful. He has the power over everyone and over every situation. And his work is to come and do everything possible to deliver you from that fake palace, from that strong man, from that prison, and to give you the true freedom. I mean the true freedom. Because he put the son of man sets free is free indeed. He takes us from the fake freedom and gives us the true freedom. But before he does that, this is what he does first. He has to confront the strong man. Light and darkness must come face to face in your life. For the darkness to completely disappear, it must come face to face with the light. And any encounter you have close to Jesus is escape towards light. Your presence here today, listening to this word, is an encounter of light and darkness. And I know in the spirit, the Lord is shaking your heart. As you are listening to me, the darkness is disappearing. The light is entering your heart. He is getting hold of the strong man. But this is how he does his operation. In 2000, when did America attack Iraq? 2007, 2008. Am I right? You are right, I think. No, what, 2008? No, 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 no. Earlier, 2003. World Trade was 2001 and in 2003. Yeah, 2003, 2004. This is what America did. Uh, first of all, they disarmed Iraq. You know, they tried to do some kind of disarmament. To disarm somebody simply means the person has a weapon. You go and you take away the weapon from the person. You disarm the person. After America disarmed Iraq, then they started throwing their bombs upon this What can somebody who has no weapon do against bombs and ammunition? What can someone do? Is there anything possible to do? First taken, wonderful, or run away. That is exactly the game that Jesus played with the devil. What happened on the cross? Colossians 2.15 tells us that it was Jesus' act of disarming the devil. On the cross, he took away every power of the enemy. Every strategy of the enemy. Every, every, every weapon that the enemy has. Jesus took it away from him. So that anyone that is in Christ Jesus is standing full of ammunitions 
against the enemy who has been disarmed. That is why in Christ Jesus, listen to me, the enemy can do us no harm. He is our safety. He is our promised land. And he is our Shabbat, our ruin. In him, we have our peace. The peace that the enemy gives us is a fake one. Beloved, the true peace is in Christ Jesus. A peace in freedom. And that is what the Lord grants us every day. His victory. He overcame him. And he liberates his people. His grace. He divides the spoil. All the things that the enemy has taken over. Your will. Your reason. Your understanding. Your memory. Your affection. Affection. The Lord Jesus takes them and restores them back to you. And now because you see that love, you say, Jesus, I know I cannot keep them safe. I put them into your care. Take control of my reason. Take control of my affection, of my heart, of my emotion. I know if I give you my heart, you will not give it, you will not give me a broken heart. You will protect it. It will be safe. And everything you do, you do it in the freedom of God. Praise the Lord. That is what Jesus does. And that is what he wants to do. So the stronger person is Jesus Christ. And today, if you feel that you are in a bondage in any way in your life, and you want to have an encounter with him, you see, we understand that what he wants to do is just to touch us. Only his touch transforms everything, liberates. Because when he touches you, then he speaks to you. And he says, You are free. You are safe. You are forgiven. You are restored. And the Lord is ready to do that. And today. Praise the Lord. Therefore, in the next five minutes, we are going to pray and God will touch us. Anyone that wants his touch. Every heart that is not renewed remains a palace of the enemy. But any heart that comes to Jesus is transformed. It's made new. <coughs> and Jesus feels it with beautiful things, with amazing things. Close your eyes. Beautiful.